you're listening to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Gazenbach, Dan DeCenza, and Cliff Gill. Let's go! It's the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. I'm Dan DeCenza, here as always with Cliff Gill, Matt Gazenbach. It's August 30th, 2021, and that can only mean one thing. It's draft week. Let's go. This is my favorite week of the year. It's the fantasy football version of Christmas. And you two, I hope you're as fired up as I am. I freaking love it, Dan. Let's go. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm a little fired up right now. I You sound got, like it. Oh, no, look. I just got done doing some jumping jacks over there. Knocked out some push-ups, some sit-ups. You got me hyped. I feel like I'm in the P90X training right now. But, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm loving it. I love this week, man. There's some people out there, they've already done their, their drafts. There's people doing them this weekend. This is where it all pays off. All that research, all those hours digging into the stats, and it's here. This is where you make your money. All those hours tuning into this podcast, on the way to work, on the way home from work, getting that work in, and just dominating your league. But Matt, why don't you tell the people how to get in touch with us? At Die Hard Podcast. You you do it on Twitter. You just you tweet us out. You DM us. You do whatever you got to do. You call my cellular phone. I mean, just whatever you got to do. Why just, are you going to give out your number I right will now? not be giving out my <laughs> number. Um, but, guys, uh, we got a, got a couple things uh, on the list today. Of course, we got the news. We got our random thoughts. We're also going through our final positional rankings today on our tight ends and we're only going to do one through eight today which is cool and i think that's good enough for the the tight end rankings but guys uh, i guess uh, we'll get into the news before we do that though uh, we need like eight more followers on twitter y'all are awesome and uh, and again fifty dollars to someone random once we hit the 50 followers mark so i appreciate the love the listeners and just getting it out there but i guess let's get into it news of the day Let's do it. I guess we'll start hot. There's some big news yeah, today. We're recording kind of late, but uh, we, we got the J.K. Dobbins news. Why are y'all both looking at me green? Cliff is not happy. He's got him in dynasty, our Dynasty League, yep. and it's a big blow. He was carted off. or Was he carted off? He was carted off. He couldn't walk up on his own. So, I mean, let's hope for the best. We never want to wish injuries on a, a player. But, yeah, especially, a, you know, a, a talent like J.K. Dobbins. But yeah, like, and it, that's big for the redraft leagues too. Yeah, you know, it really is. I mean, Cliff aside, you know, I'm not, I don't feel that bad for him, but <laughs> no, I don't. I don't feel bad for Cliff, but for J.K. I do. Yeah, because absolutely. He's a good player and very humble guy. But I guess you know when we find out what happens, you know, we'll obviously go over that. Cliff, um, tell us your thoughts. How are you feeling right now? That's why I'm gonna try keeping my hopes high. So I'm gonna speak it into existing. Be optimistic, yeah, kid. They're gonna say, yeah, he two weeks. He should. He might be good to go week one. That's Oof. what. That's what I'm hoping to hear. But you're just hoping for the little MCL sprain. Yeah, come back in a few a, weeks. A bone contusion. I'm cool with that. But no. Um, as far as fantasy, uh, J.K. Dobbins. I don't think Gus Edwards is go- going to just get all the touches if if he misses extended time. I don't think the carries are just getting handed over to Dob, um, Gus Edwards. So, I, yes, I, it, of course, will increase a little bit, but I don't see 
uh, Gus Edwards, you know, bumping up crazy and becoming a somewhat J.K. Dobbins uh, type of year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see what I see. Let's just say, for instance, J.K. is out for the year. I think Gus will move up to a running back, too. Absolutely. I yes. think he'll be like in the 16 to 20 range. So where are you looking? Early third, mid third? I'm like, where, where Henderson and all of them are going, like Henderson and Josh Jacobs. Like, I think late third, early fourth, maybe. Okay. But it, it just sucks, especially if you're drafting in the next couple of days and you don't know the situation. It's, so. it's even worse if you already did draft. Yeah. Which is why we always say don't draft before the preseason's over. It's just not a smart move. Yeah. Don't open your Christmas presents on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, but also another thing, Deshaun Watson. It uh, looks like the Dolphins and Panthers are the front runners for uh, for him to be traded. Uh, that's a little surprising mm-hmm. for the Panthers to be in the pro, mix there. Not pro football focus, but pro football talk verified on Twitter. But yeah, they said Panthers and Texans. So they must. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say they're not in love with Darnold. If you can get Deshaun Watson, you know why wouldn't you? Right. But I'm a little surprised in here the the Panthers are involved in that. Yeah, Panthers usually don't you know step out into the the you know danger zone like that. Uh, that's kind of like Steelers; they don't jump out into the danger zone either. But yeah, I, I would like it for Carolina. Yeah, We're too. here in North Carolina. Yeah, it'd be cool to watch. Yeah, that would be wow. I would go to a Carolina game. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, but apparently for the trade, they have like. I think some it's like compensation picks. Like if he does get uh, arrested or like he's on probation, then they get their picks back or something. Mm-hmm. Kind of complicated situation, but again, once we find out more, we'll we'll speak it on here. Uh, and then Garner Minshew traded to the Eagles. How do you look at that? Do they uh, not have faith in Hurts and they're a little worried, or is it just pure? You know, depth. depth. Yeah, probably yeah, depth. I think. I feel like that too. I think it's a depth move. Yeah. I mean, there are other backup is Joe Flacco, and he's like seventy eight thousand years old. So that's he probably, did look good. He did look good last night, though. That's probably why they did it, though. I mean, yeah. I think it was a good move for both teams. I hope Minshew comes to their team like with a high attitude. I'm. I want to see how Minshew's feeling about all this. I wonder if he even wants to go there or like what his future is. Because Jalen, Jalen's well, a big hurdle. So. I don't. I don't think he had a future in Jacksonville. So you know, maybe yeah, he's okay. Better with situation, it. probably. Yeah. yeah. He's probably happy with it then. All right. It looks like that's it. Nothing. Nothing major. Hopefully, I didn't forget anything out. If I did, we'll bring it back to you on Monday. Uh, but guys, let's get into our random thought of the day. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kick off mine's. Mine's fantasy related, but kind of not. My random thought of the day is actually one of our leagues on our website. On Dan DeSenza's app, the Survivor League. It has over 100 people in it already, and it is easily the most fun league that you can play in. $30 entry. What you do, you just pick a lineup every single week, and you can't use the same player twice. So you don't want to go out and week one pick Patrick Mahomes, McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey. The goal is to survive and not be eliminated. There's over thousands of dollars in prizes. So if you would like to join or just have fun, get some more practice, I think it definitely made me a better fantasy player because you got to research research matchups and everything like that. So it's a cool thing. If you want to get in, tweet or DM, DM us. All right, I'll step up next. And mine's kind of like Dan's take the other day on Larry Fitzgerald, but mine's on Tom Brady, the GOAT. 
It's just he has seven Super Bowl wins, and he's setting records that I think is almost impossible to break. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is he's setting rec- – yes, we know we're watching history, but we were wa- watching history three, four years ago when he was doing it. Now he's just setting records that can't be broken. Um, just to and throw some a couple stats out there, he has – 230 career wins, which is 44 more than the next two players, uh, being Brett Favre and Peyton Manning. They're 44 below him. He has 230. Uh, As far as playoff wins, he has 34 playoff wins. The next best is Joe Montana with 16. And then, you know, lastly, the seven Super Bowls. Do you think those records can be broken, or do you think it's almost unbreakable? I don't think the seven Super Bowls not for a quarterback can be broken. I don't think so at all. Mm, that's it's tough, man. Yeah, it's records are meant to be broken, but it's got to be it's got to be the next goat. I'm just saying, it. in my lifetime, I don't see that record being broken, don't. and he might get an eighth one this year. Yeah, the person, if there is one guy I can see it happening to, is Patrick Mahomes. He better get on it. Yeah, he does have to get on it for sure, and play for a long time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the key, Brady. played for a long time and, and was, was playing good. for a long time and has been at a high level yeah. for a long time. It's tough to do. All right, so I'll, I'll go into mine. And, uh, you know, I was uh, you know, doing research today and I was, you know, looking at stats. I'm trying to find trends. I, I like to look into the numbers. And I was trying to see something if I can maybe kind of predict a breakout coming. So what I did was I looked at players who made a 30-position jump in the rankings from one year to the next and landed in the top 24. Okay. So right. I wanted to see what they did the next year. My thinking was that they would be, this is a sign of a breakout. So, again, just to be clear, they move up 30 spots from one year to the next and land within the top 24. As far as rankings? As far as the end-of-the-year rankings. Okay. So what I found out is 70% of those players do not maintain their top 24 rank, and they fall out of the top 24 the next year. Mm. Totally surprised about that. So if you see someone that's making that huge jump, like they're moving up 30 spots 70% of the time, well, roughly it was a little less than 70, but basically 70, they're not doing it the next year. you gotta be got to worry about those guys if you see that. And then on top of that, only 14% actually improved their their draft their ranking into the next year. Mm. Just something to look at. A little sometimes a little surprised. I was hoping I can predict a breakout there. Doesn't <laughs> work out. You're predicting the opposite. You, you're, yes. you're knowing who not to draft. I found out the opposite. Right. I like it. That's pretty cool. So guys, guess we'll go ahead and move into the tight end rankings. Uh, number one, we all have Travis Kelsey as he should be there. Surprise. Nah, yeah, not a surprise. Uh, for the fir- past four or five years, I think we can just know that he's the clear-cut clear cut tight end number one, no questions asked. Last year, he actually had the second best fantasy tight end season ever. You know who number one was? Uh, if not, I'll tell you. Tony Gonzalez. No, it's Robert or yeah. Rob Gronkowski yeah, in 2011. Okay, I was going to guess Antonio Gates. But uh, I yeah. was going to go Gronk. I thought it was going to be cooler than that, so I tried it going was, out on a limb. It was Gronk, 2011. But, yeah, second best season ever. This guy is not slowing down anytime soon. He just progresses and progresses. So going back to one of my random thought of the days a couple episodes ago, early first round, late second round, don't regret it. Just take him. He's on a tier of his own. 
All right, well, what I see is he's extremely durable. You can count on him week in and week out. He has played 15 of 16, at least 15 games out of 16 in the last seven seasons. Wow. Incredible. Like, he's just there every Sunday. Over that span, he's averaging 130 targets. And he's just a volume monster, obviously. You're not getting that at tight end from, from anybody else. So, I mean, Matt said first round. I mean, I personally wouldn't take a tight end in the first round, not even someone as great as Kelsey. But I'm not, I can't argue it. I really can't. Um, I do think you're going to get in trouble with your running backs or wide receivers later on. But it is hard. I mean, you're going to get that huge positional advantage each week with him. So I can kind of say it. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, he averaged 100 catches for the past three years. He's had five straight years with 1,000 or more receiving yards, last year being 1,400 yards. And, I mean, he's a red zone threat. He scores the touchdowns. When when I was ranking all the others, I was just looking at stats, the career stats. It's not even close. No one else is averaging 100 catches a year with 1,000 receiving yards and scoring touchdowns. So clear cut number one. Well, quick question before we move on: Is this beard or no beard? I liked him better with the beard. So yeah, I mean, I knocked him down a few spots once he shaved his beard just a little bit, though. All right, just making sure. All right, let's go ahead and move on to number two, Darren Waller. Me and Dan at two, Cliff at three. So this guy's Derek Carr's favorite tight end, or I meant favorite target. And the numbers show it. He led all tight ends in red zone targets at 24. He's being thrown to 27% of the time and has 30% of the team's catches. And I, I just don't see much changing from, uh, you know, they didn't really add anyone at receiver. So I, I don't see much changing from what they, they're doing now. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to soak up the targets with Derek Carr. Uh, he's had 1,000 yards the past two years. And then the one stat I like seeing the most is in 2019, he only scored three touchdowns, and last year he scored nine. So that's a big jump. I love seeing that. That was a super good sign. Love to see that. Yeah. And what, what I, when you talk about stats you like to see, I mean, I obviously I agree with the touchdowns. 92% of the snaps he played last year, he just doesn't come off the field. That's mm-hmm. up there in Christian McCaffrey territory. Yeah. No, you really got to love that. No, Matt, I, already, I know you already mentioned the 22 uh, red zone targets. But he had 10 end zone targets where he was actually in the end zone when he was targeted. You want, and he caught nine of them. You want to see that. Like, yeah. that's that's really what you want. And I don't see anyone threatening his targets. I really don't. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, John Brown's there now. I mean, Ruggs might take a little step forward this year, but I don't think he has any competition for targets. He's got an ADP of the very early third. I'm I'm good with that, especially if you obviously if you passed on Kelsey. If you took Kelsey, you're not going to take him. But if you did, go out and get him. I mean, I'm I'm good with him in the third round, especially if you've gotten two like a, two good running backs or a running back wide receiver. I like it. Uh, and I want to ask one more one question before we move on. So these the Chiefs and Raiders are they're very similar t- team to me as far as you know. Chiefs have Kelsey and Hill. And then Raiders have Waller and Henry Ruggs, I guess. So there's never a, no- a second receiver. Going back to my thought of the day the other day when I was, like, bashing the second receiver on the Chiefs, I think this is going to be the same thing. I think one of these receivers breaks out, whether it's Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs, 
and that's it. One, the, whoever breaks out, and then Waller are really the only fantasy Yeah, because Waller's going to soak up so many targets. There's really not that early. Same thing with Kansas City. There's not much room for, for a two there, a wide mm-hmm. receiver two. Yeah. So I just thought bring that up. Uh, and then just wait for the breakout receiver, whoever it is. I, I If I had to put my money on it, it'd probably be Henry Ruggs. Though, yeah, we'll yeah I agree with that. All right, we'll go ahead and move to uh, number three, George Kittle. Me and Dan have him at three, and Cliff has him at number two. Yeah, and Waller and Kittle, it, it's hard. I just personally, I, I think Kittle is a freak of nature, and he shows it. He's fast. He's underrated on his speed. He is fast as heck. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I do want to see him improve on is the touchdowns. He... And, I mean, he's had five touchdowns and six touchdowns. That was his two most touchdown tart whatever marks um, in the his career. Surprisingly, when I thought of his age, he was drafted in 2017. Oh, he's young. I, yeah, I did not. When, that surprised me. I didn't think he was that young. But, anyways, I... They're gonna evolve or revolve, evolve or revolve around uh, <laughs> around George, George Kittle. So I, I'm happy with George Kittle. Go go ahead, Dan. But I do have a question before we move up. I just thought of it. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna say, you know, he's obviously the the clear cut number three here. I mean, Cliff Cliff's has him at two, but definitely two or three. There is a monstrous monstrous drop off. This is the biggest drop-off of any position at any level. Probably. There, yeah. there is a big drop-off here. Agreed. If you don't get one of these top three, I'm not saying wait really, because there is, a, in the second tier, There, there's a couple good ones. But his, his upside to me is just monstrous. The question is going to be the quarterback play. Who's it going to be? Jimmy G? We know what he's about. I think he's serviceable. I think he's good. Does that benefit Kittle? He could probably do well with Jimmy G. Lance comes in. We don't really know a lot about him. Is he going to be good? Is he going to be one of those guys that's as a rookie that's trying to run first mm-hmm. and, and and not look down the field? I don't know. It remains to be seen. That's the question mark Kittle, and that's why I wouldn't put him any higher than three. But like I said, huge drop off after him. Yeah, like you said, I mean, definitely the the end. So I have Kelsey on his own tier, to be honest, and then Waller and Kittle in the second tier. After this, yeah, big drop off. He's averaged 81 yards a game over the last three years. And, yeah, it's also what I had. So, and I'm just going to kind of bank off you, Dan. It going, you know, say Trey Lance does start, you know, I, I actually see it maybe more beneficial because maybe he'll be able to escape plays. A security blanket. Run out of the, blanket, run out of the pocket yeah. and extend them, unlike Jimmy G, where he could just fall to the ground. So. That's maybe, fair. Maybe it could be a little bit more beneficial, maybe have a little uh, more upside. But like you said, we don't really know. Um, and, you know, he's missed 10 games the last two years. We don't bank on injury here, but hopefully he can stay healthy because like he's he's an explosive, explosive player. So I love him. But your question, you had one. Yeah, my, mine is because this is a big question when I'm thinking about drafting. I and I'm not 100% sure on the answer. I want to hear y'all's take. But So Travis Kelsey and where he's going, or mm-hmm. Kittle and Waller, where they're going, which one do you think has the better value out of go get, you know, earlier go get Kelsey or wait just a little longer and snag one of those two? Which one has more value to you guys? Well, yeah, and I'll go ahead and go. Because it, it depends what spot you're at. Say you're in a 12-man league, Kittle's probably going in the late – first early second and then you mean kelsey 
late yeah, first. Kelsey, yeah. yes. And then back of the second, beginning of third, that's where I've, I've been seeing Kittle and Waller going. So I, I just think it depends on your spot because if you – your first two picks, if you're at like 9 or 10, you're not getting Kelsey coming back to the third round. Right. So, right. I, I so mean – So draft spots are I, big. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I like Waller and Kittle more where they're going because you can get a, a running back tied in and then another running back or receiver. So I think you have a little more – space to work with I, I, I would I would take I like Waller better in the you know early third or mid third and you know the reason being is you're gonna have a positional advantage every week with Waller except mm-hmm. when they play Kansas City that's true so yeah. why not stock up stack up your running backs wide receivers solidify them and then get a tight end where 90% of the games you're gonna have that advantage great point yeah, that's a good point. Still not mad if you take Kelsey in the no, like, absolutely first or not. In the second, yeah. But yeah. as far as value goes, yeah, I think it's big time where you draft at though. So cool. I like both values though. To be honest, mm-hmm. I like where all three of them are going. But guys, we'll go ahead and move on to four. T.J. Hawkinson, and this is where it breaks, guys. Um, all, all four of us do have him at number four though, which I do like to see that. Um, but th- yeah, this is the start of the third tier to me. He saw the fifth most targets at the position last year. He had the third most yards at the position. He did have 11 drops, which was the most by any tight end last year. Uh, so I, I do see him improving on his hands. Uh, the fact that, you know, Kenny Galladay's gone, Jerry Goff can't throw that far. <laughs> we know his, we know Jerry Goff's ten- tendencies when he, uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby were at the Rams. He targeted them a good bit. So I, I think it'll benefit him. I, I see him getting more targets, but... I mean, I see him if the best weapon on that team, maybe second behind Swift, but I mean, he's definitely a top two. Like, I, he'll get targets. Game script is going to be good. I mean, uh, I, I just above those those three above him, I, I just don't see as much upside from the dudes we have above. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. The upside is not there as the, the other three. I um, mean, you you brought up Jared Goff, Matt, and. I, I don't know if we're putting a little too much faith in him to rank Hawkinson at four. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he had Stafford last year, which is obviously better. He had eight top ten tight end finishes last year, which is pretty respectable. But don't forget, it's a mediocre tight end, tight end uh, class. That could be or, seven points yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could be for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to – think that they're going to be in good game scripts and they probably will i don't think that defense is very good uh, my biggest question i do think the volume would be there but i th- my biggest question is he's going to have the scoring opportunities that's what worries me a little bit about that um he's got a fifth round adp and honestly i love this guy's talent i just don't really love his situation i don't think i'm taking him in the fifth round i'd rather just we and get one of the other guys we have slightly lower for maybe a round later maybe two rounds later but it's not a knock on him it just i don't like his situation yep and i'm i'm just gonna completely agree with everything you guys just said i i don't like taking him as the fourth tight end even though he is the fourth tight end but i I wouldn't waste you know a pick i'm just gonna wait because who knows with the couple guys coming in the next rankings but yep uh, Marvin Jones, Galladay, they both left. Oh, that, yeah, and Marvin. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's safe. No upside, not great upside, but safe. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because I, I do have a question for both of you. 
you know, we have we have Pitts at five, Andrews at six, and both of their average draft positions are in the fifth round as well. All three of them, it looks like they're going in the fifth round. So let me ask you guys, do you go with the more safe in Hawkinson or Andrews is probably as safe. I mean, he, he probably doesn't have much upside, but I mean, do you go with Hawkinson or do you go with Pitts with the upside? And take a safer tight end later, maybe play the waiver wire. I mean, if I if you told me I had to take one of them too, I'm gonna wait and take Pitts because the upside is just way higher. So way in the higher. fifth round, you would take yeah, Pitts over yeah. Even, even if I had a if I had to take them both in the fifth round, I'm I'm taking Pitts, and I know I had Hawkinson rated higher, but it should that honestly, I probably shouldn't have now that I'm thinking about it because um, of the situation I just don't like. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to just kind of roll into my pits thing because yeah, that's exactly one of the points I was going to make. And okay. the point is that all the other four tight ends are gone, so picking safe is not an option anymore. So why why am I going to try picking safe at this Why point? not go for the home run? Yeah, so yeah. exactly. I'm going to try taking the big risk, big reward. And, I mean, who knows this guy's potential? He could... He could be top three. Who just who knows? And definitely at this point in the draft, I'm I'm risking the biscuit. Yeah, and if and if it doesn't work out, you just stream tight ends like yeah. you know you would in another year when you didn't take a tight end. So, but I got a question for you guys. Since 2005, how many rookie tight ends have finished in the top five fantasy wise? Top five. Top five. I'm a good. And I'm a, how long? Since 2005. Wow, I'm like, going to go with two or go, three. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say three. Cliff nailed it on the head. It's two. two. Yeah, Gronk two. in 2010, and believe it or not, Evan Ingram in 2017. Evan Ingram. Yeah, wow. That's yeah. fair. He did have a good rookie. So, season. you know, it doesn't happen that often. And where we got him rated, we're banking on that. So I honestly believe with this guy two to three years from now, Kelsey's going to be a little bit older. We might be talking about this guy as the top tight end in the draft. Uh, so the upside here, I can see, like, we've already talked about it. I don't really need to go anymore. You're swinging for the fences here. Uh, I'm taking that chance, you know, over, like we said, Hawkinson and these guys that we have below him. I'm going for the home run. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the highest drafted tight end um, ever. Since Julio got traded, the hype train has just left the station. I don't it think there. I don't. I can't remember a, a, a rookie being hyped up as much as he has been. Yeah, I, I don't. I, Maybe Odell since Odell, I and mean, that was what eight years ago. You just any rookie in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but Plus it's a QB. Yeah. Right. Only QB. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah minus sure, the QBs. Yeah. 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 But I, and I have this here, and we were just discussing it. I think when it's when it's him or Hawkinson, I think I'd rather go safe because I see a lot of volume for Hawkinson. But after Hawkinson, that's when I would take Kyle Pitts. Yeah. That's kind of my take on it. But if you take Pitts over Hawkinson, I don't hate you for it, but Hawkinson is the line where I'm like, "All right, I'm taking you, but when it gets after him, Andrews or Pitts, I'd probably go Pitts." That's I'm a little I'm one behind y'all, I think. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and move on to number 6, Mark Andrews. Uh, I have him at five, Cliff at six, and Dan at number seven. So I, I think some people are they're kind of sour on this guy. Uh, the the Ravens offense as a whole really wasn't that good last year as far as you know the passing game. Lamar only threw for twenty seven hundred yards. So I, I hope to see that improve. But here's the, here's the thing: it's a small passing pie, and it's hard when there's a lot of options. They just signed Sammy Watkins. They have Marquise Brown. They drafted Rashad Bateman. So I think if anyone does come to fruition in this offense, it is Mark Andrews. 
But one, I guess one good stat, I guess, about him. He did have six games finishing in the top five, but we know we know he can do better, I guess. Well, again, kind of like Hawkinson, I, I like his talent and I hate his situation. The volume just, to me, is just not going to be there. Uh, he had 100 targets in a season. I mean, I'm sorry, he's never had 100 targets in a season. And I don't think he's going to have 100 targets this year. I don't like I said, the, the volume's just not there. They just don't throw enough. He's averaging 46 yards a game over the last three years. You know, if you're, you're, you have him as a tight end one, I mean, there's not much below him. So, you know, you got to take what you can get. But I'm not in love with that. He does have 20 touchdowns, which is very, you know, that's good, yeah. but to me that makes him touchdown dependent, and I really try to steer uh, clear of those guys. So you know, with his ADP, I'd much rather go with someone like a Pitts, or I'm gonna wait and you know take maybe one of the, the, the you know we have what three three left I think I'm gonna try to get one of them three a little bit later, or I'm gonna stream. Mm-hmm. But if I I mean now if Mark Andrews dropped to me unexpectedly down a little bit lower than his ADP, then yeah. But current ADP, I'm not taking him there. Yeah, he's a guy that's going to get you 50 to 70, just say 50 to 70 catches, which isn't a ton. It's not horrible, so some volume at least, guaranteed volume. But, yeah, you you pointed it out. The touchdown potential is is where you're going to make your money off of him. He, He scores a ton, and Ravens... Their team, they don't have many big wide receivers to steal the red zone target, so he is their red zone target when they throw. I think Bateman is a little, he's pretty large yeah. for a wide receiver, so we'll have to see how that affects his red zone targets. But, at you know, in the recent, he, there's no one competing with the red zone targets, and I love that. All right, cool. So let's go ahead and move on to number seven, Noah Fence. Dan has him the highest at six, Cliff at seven, and I am at number 11. All right, so since I haven't rated the highest, he's just one of the guys that I'm projecting to just make a leap this year. Uh, I really liked that Teddy was was named the starter, and I really like his mid-seventh ADP. This is why I was saying I would pass on an Andrews. I would pass on a Hawkinson. And I'm going to I'm gonna be really happy taking Fant two rounds later. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to set the league on fire, but I think he's going to be solid week in, week out in this offense. And I think the return on his ADP is going to be really nice. Yeah, uh, and this this is the last guy of the seven guys that I'm feeling comfortable drafting. So I think there's a teardrop off after him. So if, he, if everyone else we just mentioned is, is gone and Fant is still there, that's when I'm snagging Fant. I, I really like him above anyone I, else left. I agree with that, and that's exactly what I've been doing in my mock drafts. Once He's I see that Fant's the yeah. last one, I'm, I'm targeting him. Yeah, he had 62 receptions last year. Teddy is a check-down master. He came to town, and I, I kind of see some similarities with Kittle. He's athletic and fast, but you would – like to see the touchdowns increase so i want to see touchdowns increase but i definitely think he's that last guy to go go get and feel good about it all right since i'm the debbie downer uh i I just feel like he has he hasn't been a disappointment but he's he hasn't lived up to his hype he got drafted in the same class as hawkinson uh, was that 2019 i think two years ago um, and, you know, everyone was debating on these guys. They, they, they thought, you know, we thought both of them were going to be good, which they're not terrible. I mean, just not great. Uh, and I just think on Denver, there's a lot of targets, man, with, with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Fant. 
I mean, he's definitely one of the most explosive guys. He does remind me of like a, a George Kittle type of player. Like he can take a a ten yard pass to the house and outrun the DBs. But I just wish he had more volume, and that's why I don't have him up here. I, I want to see it before before it happens. I mean, he only scored in du- double digit fantasy points three times last year, but had the six most targets. So. Hmm. It, it just scares me. That's that, and more than anything. Yeah, if there's one thing I'll agree with you on there is there is a lot of mouths to feed in that mm-hmm. offense. So you got to wonder if the volume is going to be there. But and I agree, probably hasn't lived up to his his draft capital that that Denver used on him. But I don't think Hawkinson has either, to yeah. be honest. And historically, tight ends usually take three years before they break out. Not obviously, there's exception to that rule. But they're going into the third year, so I think. Yeah, like I said, they can make a leap. They haven't been terrible. They just right. haven't been great. So yeah, I, I do want to give it a year. I just want to see how how the targets get played out this well, year. Well, I'm, That's pre- what I want I'm to predicting see. with Teddy that it's going to be a good sign. I think Drew Locke, he was just trying to do too much. He was trying to win the game on his own, throwing it deep, things, turning it over. I think Teddy's going to keep the ball in their hands a lot longer. Yeah, I, I, that is the difference between those two quarterbacks. Drew Locke tried to win it, and Teddy's going to try not to lose exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's, that, and that's but, probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with that. We'll go ahead and move on to our last pick. Uh, at number 8, Logan Thomas. Cliff and Dan have him at 8. I have him at number 12. So you can see a couple of my guys did not sneak in our top 8 because <laughs> I was the opposite of these guys. Um, but the, the reason I have him ranked lower is, again, because I'm a little scared. I think last year is probably his best year we will ever see from Logan Thomas. They added more weapons in Curtis Samuel and the rookie Deami Brown. So I, it w- let's be Rose. Really only Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin there and uh, J.D. McKissick in the passing game, to be honest. Uh, and there was no quarterbacks that can get the ball down the field. Like right, and that's Patrick exactly can, what yeah. I was going to say. Fitzpatrick will probably find him. I just don't see because I feel like did Logan Thomas have a lot of shorter catches, or I mean, he had pretty deep, kind of in the middle I, range. If you remember Jordan Reed, it looked a lot like Jordan Reed on the Redskins. Yeah, those it did. type of passes. Yeah, so I just I don't know. I see Ryan Fitzpatrick being a little more aggressive and trying to get the ball down the field, but maybe they'll make Logan Thomas run deeper routes. I just don't see him with 110 targets again. I, I do not see that happening. And I, I think we're going to see more up and down games rather than consistent games. Yeah, I mean, he had 72 receptions last year. I, I don't see that repeating with the addition of Curtis Samuel and Fitz Magic slinging the ball. But at this point, you're you're just hoping to get solid 10 points most of the weeks mm-hmm. out of these guys. And I, hey, I, I'll take a chance on him. I I don't see much better sticking out, and he has some upside. So. Yeah, I, I noticed when I was looking at his stats from last year, he actually finished fifth very quietly. He was the fifth tight end last year. You know, I didn't think of him in, as a as a top five tight end, but he was. And the reason was is he had a very, very strong finish. From week uh, 12 on, he was the tight end three, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. He, he beasted down the, the, the final weeks of the season. And to me, and I've never done – I've never – crunch the numbers on this so I could be totally off but to me it seems like when when players really end the season on a high note and they're it, they, they tend to carry it into the next year and that's why I have him on my list here because I think he might be able to carry it into next year you guys points are definitely valid you know you bought in Samuel you got uh, uh, Fitzpatrick who likes to swing it so I can see if he did drop out he did drop down I wouldn't be shocked but I also think that there's a chance that he can at least maintain what he did last year 
All right, cool. Well, who who do you think is who who do you think most likely most likely will not make this list in our top eight? That we I'm have? I'm gonna go with Mark Andrews. I'm I'm mm-hmm. looking for a fall off from him, and like I said, he's touchdown dependent. So if those touchdowns don't come, he's not getting nowhere near enough yardage catches. No, basically no volume. Yeah, I mean uh, he'll be touchdown dependent. Yeah, much. too much touchdown dependent mm-hmm. for me. I think I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I think the top seven tight ends are definitely a little bit better than the rest of the next, you know, five available. So I'm going Thomas. I think there's just a drop-off right there. Yeah, I'm going to go Thomas too because, I, yeah, I do like the upside of Noah Fan and what he can do. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go Logan Thomas with you. Uh, who's not in the top eight that should be? All right, well, I got one here. I'll go first. I love Higby this year. Mm, I, I love too. him with Stafford. Um, I I think he's flying way under the radar. I think his ADP is just really good. Now, I, I might draft him, but if I do, I'm still going to be prepared to stream if I have to. But if I wait and wait and wait and I miss like we said before, Fant is kind of like the cutoff. If I happen to miss him, I'm going to target Higby very late but still be ready to stream. I think Higby could break out this year. I think he has that potential. And Stafford loved to target him uh, last year, or loved to t- target Through Hawkinson. The tight end, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I like that pick. And I actually had a question after. I didn't tell you guys, but I, it was who is a late-round tight end who could be a steal, and mine was Tyler Higby. So mine's okay. Tyrell Higby as so well. I, I guess it's kind of the same question, so I don't really have to ask But that. I'll give you one more without going into detail about him, but I like Gerald Everett this year as well as a late-round sleeper. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, and Dan does not know how to turn his ringer off. That was not my ringer. That was my laptop. <laughs> I got an email. I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm sorry. But uh, I guess I'd say Robert Tonyan. They didn't really add anyone other than Randall Cobb on the Packers, and he was kind of a breakout player last year. So I, I, I see upside with them, and I they're a pass-heavy offense, so I, I can see him sneaking in the top eight. That was a very good pick. I honestly forgot about him, so I was going to go a different person. But right when you said that, yeah, we, we did sleep on Tanyan a little bit. He finished number three last year. so mm-hmm. I think I had him in my top eight. Yeah, yep. you might have. We might. Someone might have brought I, him. I had him right outside the top eight, and for the re- I think he's very touchdown dependent as well. But he is on a good offense. So my guy, uh, my guy that's not listed though is going to be Goddard. The only reason I don't have him higher is because Ertz. I still have faith in Ertz that they're going to split somewhat of the receptions. But Hertz loves his tight ends. He's proved it last year. He proved it in the preseason. He loves to throw to tight ends. So mm-hmm. if he can get that volume, I do think he will be a stud. Yeah, during camp, that's all he was throwing yeah. to was Goddard and Ertz. So, yeah. See, I, I worry a little about when, when they're both on the field at the same time. Ertz is not a blocker, and Goddard is a pretty good blocker. So I, I could see a lot of routes where Ertz is going out and Goddard staying in the block. That's the only. That's why I didn't have him up in my top eight and and he potentially could be up there but that did worry me a little bit and i'm not shying away from drafting him for that reason though i would draft him ahead of Ertz for sure Ertz does not scare me i i think that guy's i he's he's irrelevant in my opinion i think goddard is going to be a tank I think Ertz could be a late, late, like last pick of the draft flyer. That's not bad you at all. You want him to be Mr. Irrelevant? Yeah, hey, all right, last round, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't hate the Ertz late. I, he, he hasn't been, he hasn't fell off too much. All right, well, cool. Well, that's it for the tight ends, guys. Um, 
Monday, uh, I actually will be absent. Sorry if you guys don't want to tune in. I understand. No, we're going to bring in a beast guest. Uh, Big Barish is coming in. That's going to be Wednesday's show. Okay, they're doing a they're doing a mock draft. Uh, they're going to be picking from different spots. And then Friday we got a, a we got a a big big plan for you guys. Couple sleepers, couple breakouts, couple guys we think are values. Overvalue, undervalue. Yep. So we're excited for that. Hopefully you guys didn't draft yet, so we can so we can help you guys on those later round picks and the steals of the draft. But guys, again, if you love the content, we're somehow giving you knowledge, and you haven't already, subscribe, share, review. Remember, only eight more followers on the Twitter podcast or on the Twitter at Die Hard Podcast, and we're giving away money. Venmo, Cash App, check, whatever. But I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all boys Friday. All right, later, later. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>